Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. in Tennessee. You're on the air. Go ahead. Well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. You can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. Gonna stand my ground Won't be turned around And I'll keep this world from dragging me down Gonna stand my ground Hey everyone, welcome to Nowhere to Run. My name is Chris. Thanks for tuning in, however it is that you found it. You can go to the website, which is NowhereToRunRadio.com and there you'll find uh, all the archives for free. You can also go to the other podcasts and radio shows that I do, which is frankandchrisshow.com. Frank has just put a new website up for the Frank and Chris Show, and it looks amazing. So you can go to that website, which is frankandchrisshow.com. And you can go to the Full Armor of God podcast, as well as the Scripture Memory podcast, all of which are available at revelationsradionetwork.com. A whole lot of stuff going on this week, doing a lot of the editing for the Revelations Radio Network Hour, or tentatively named that, um, here on WWCR. Just doing some compilations of about 15-minute segments of the different hosts and putting together different radio spots and stuff. So just really still hoping that's going to be something that we're going to be able to do, and and it's going to be really cool if it works out. Also doing a lot of scripture study on the Full Armor of God podcast, which I really, really, really like doing. And it's been pretty much just going verse by verse, and right now First Timothy, which is kind of one of the pastoral epistles, I guess it's called, and... It's just very exciting, just doing an in-depth study, trying to really determine what's being said there, and it's just really blown my mind about about a new way to approach Bible study. Uh, some people have said the best way to learn the Bible is to teach it, so if I just keep doing this, I'll know a lot more about the Bible than I uh, ever would had, have had I not done it. Also, one of my new newest hobbies is Wikipedia editing. I am a big fan of Wikipedia editing now, and and it happened that what happened was Frank had emailed me a a trailer for a new Hollywood movie called 2012. It's just a big blockbuster situation going on, and the trailer is very dramatic and showing some very dramatic scenes interplayed with dramatic music and monks and all this stuff. And it basically says, um, "How would the governments of the world prepare six billion people for the end of the world? They wouldn't." And then it says, um, uh, "Find out the truth." Google 2012. And if this is what Frank and I have been saying for a while, I mean, this is what the whole reason for 2012 and the whole reason I felt like I should do the 2012 debunked movie was because the whole reason for it is to get people to start looking into it because if you look into it, you can't really make a lot of connections because nothing really adds up. No two stories are the same. But in the process of trying to weed through all the facts that nobody's saying the same thing, you're introduced to just about every New Age occult concept. But nowadays, if you try to Google 2012, you are immediately met with two men primarily, and that is Michael Tassarian and David Wilcock, both of which are at the top of the 2000. If you Google 2012, the in movies they will their presentations show up. Both of which are very very similar in that they will have you channeling uh, light beings in six months time. I mean, if you're, I mean, not really, but for, for some people, yeah, maybe some people shorter than that. But that's a big thing with both David Wilcock and Michael Desarian. They blind you with science. They have all these facts and figures about you know, how the galactic alignment and things like that in the process of telling you about every other conspiracy theory in the book because they need a lot of truth in order to pad 
a lot of the stuff that they're saying about 2012. And they don't really, neither one of those guys actually spend all that much time on 2012. It's just like, you know, a lot of people think it's the end of the world, but what we really know is it's, you know, enlightenment, we're going to change into light beings ourselves, but blah, blah, blah. And I'd say, they say all this stuff in the context of how great it is, especially David Wilcock, to channel these beings and really open up yourself so that they can come inside you and there's all kinds of things you could do to facilitate that and take drugs and blah 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 michael tassarian i mean the, his followers generally speaking are um eventually end up in very 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 dark places and open satanic and lucifer worship and things like that and masons and things like that that's that's the end road for michael tassarian you will become you know a uh a apologist for evil and you know it's not i mean you can go to his website you can find talk, look at his forum it's not exactly a big secret so that's what people are going to find if they google 2012 so kind of a long way around this explanation but what i what i did if you google 2012 um generally speaking the first thing on there is wikipedia and i was like well i can do something about that you know presumably i know that you can edit it, edit wikipedia and um after doing the 2012 debunk movie i had tons of references from you know really really good references from this research that i was doing i interviewed a lot of people and stuff like that and so i basically had the means to debunk all those theories but the thing was i found that the 2012 um wikipedia was locked for some reason it was not able to be edited and i thought maybe it was just because i was new or something like that you have to build up maybe wikipedia points or something like that but i found that it was locked because of like something else it had been locked for a long time permanently or something like that. So I, by ha happenstance, ran across uh, a group of Wikipedia, like a Wikipedia guild of people, to, you know, bent on debunking uh, certain Wikipedia topics, and they're, you know, old pros at Wikipedia. So I kind of got with them and said, hey, guys, you know, I got some information about 2012. I think, you know, I would like to be able to add it, but it's locked. And they're like, it's locked. That's really weird. And, you know, they went through some hoops and stuff and got it unlocked. And during the time that it was unlocked, I was able to learn how to edit which is actually kind of a complicated process it's sort of like html but it's like a whole new kind of script language it might it might actually be a version of html i'm not really sure but at any way it's kind of you know it's, there's a learning curve there so i created this topic and put all the claims there and then debunked all the claims and then sourced it all really well because they said you know everybody was saying you can do it but everybody's going to erase it unless you it has to be like very very solidly done it has to be referenced and if you do that then it kind of keeps itself going because then people will defend it just because it's sourced better in in, in pure wikipedia format so i was able to in the short time because it got locked again now i think it's locked right now again um so during that time i was able to put all that put all the claims in there about geophysical and uh and cosmological changes and then debunk all of them and sort like the nature journal nature and you know nasa and all these different places the, of the research that i did and so and what was great about that and i, I wish uh, i wish you, you can see if you go to the 2012 wikipedia now you can see that section um but what's terrific about it is that before that whole category wasn't there all that was there was the metaphysical claims category which before if you were to google 2012 and go to and go to wikipedia you would be met with this really clever idea of it's kind of like saying well some people claim that it's going to be a physical thing that happens in 2012 but others claim it's going to be a metaphysical thing and that we're going to evolve into a new a new consciousness a new world order you know i don't think they said they think they said a new a new order or something like that so it was really clever in that, you know, if somebody was trying to research it genuinely and they, their first step was Wikipedia, they would say, you know, there might be something to this. Even Wikipedia says they're not really sure if it's a physical change, but if it's going to be maybe a metaphysical change and maybe we're all going to change because that's a very crucial aspect of why 2012 is being used. And maybe I'll talk about that here in a second. But anyway, so now it's locked again. But now that it's locked again, I have, I have totally debunked it and uh, on Wikipedia, and I'm extremely, extremely glad of that. And while I was there, I had to stop by old Jordan Maxwell's Wikipedia and uh, put and make a new category called Criticisms and uh, sourced a few different uh, movies that I like. All right. But anyway, so let's talk a little bit about that. What possible reasons are there for 2012? If, if you saw the mo or the propagation of the idea, if you saw the video that I did, Debunking 2012, You'll know that at the end, and I caught a lot of flack for this, but my my reason 
my stated reason why I think that they were pr promulgating the idea is because I, I think it's a way to explain a lot of the things that are about to happen. I think there really are going to be a lot of birth pangs and, and major changes that are going to happen that I think it's a danger for people to think too much about. If if the kinds of things that I think that are coming, earth changes and blah, 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 all that stuff, if they didn't have a reason for explaining what they were, people would be too apt to say, you know, the Bible mentions kind of this kind of severe sort of stuff happening. In fact, you know, this is exactly what the Bible mentioned, you know, if, if, depending on if certain things happen, um, you know, that might very clearly um, make that connection. But I think in this way, if you could really, really, really push 2012, then you can make people think that when these things happen, oh yes, they're happening only because, you know, this is, this is a galactic alignment and there's a lot of... Um, you know, gravitational and radiation and the pole shift and, you know, it's a real gradual thing, blah, blah, blah. All these things that aren't true, you know, that sound true, are really hard to disprove. And that's why I think it's worked for a better part of a decade without anybody actually questioning where we were in relation to Galactic Center. Um, even though the work by Journal Nature, the Journal Nature was done in 84 or something like that. When nobody's referenced it in debunking this, I have no, no idea. But irregardless... Um, that's one aspect, is to essentially explain away the events that are coming without making sure that people won't um, think it's the Bible, but rather just some part of some natural phenomenon, and that, you know, and then getting them to anticipate this enlightenment that's coming afterwards. Like, let's endure this because, you know, we're going to have this enlightenment if we can just get out of this. And it's okay, blah, 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 I can't wait till I get my new blah, 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 light bean suit. And so that's one aspect of it. Another aspect of it, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, was just to get people involved in the occult. The more people that can be um, introduced to dabbling in the occult, which is exactly what Michael Tessarian and David Wilcock and those guys will have you do, you'll be blown away by the knowledge, oh my gosh, this stuff is true, because, of course, before they tell you anything about all that stuff, they're telling you little little bits and pieces of, of truth mixed in with a great deal of lies all of the lies generally centered around making everybody believe that religion is the enemy. You can usually tell somebody who's bought most of this hook, line, and, line, and sinker because they they believe with all their heart that the that religion in general is the enemy. And that that, as I'm going to point out, and especially what we're going to be talking about later, is one of the most crucial parts of this entire paradigm. It's I think it may be the New World Order's main psychological warfare thing and if you are somebody that believes that realize that there's a possibility that I'll lay out here in a minute that it's probably what you're supposed to be thinking and it's kind of like this double think that people are have when they think that uh, you know they're being a renegade for believe, believing the theory of evolution against the theory of creation it's so funny to hear them say that because I don't think that they're actually realizing that they were the ones taught in a state-sponsored school system from day one that evolution was true. How could you possibly consider yourself a renegade for believing what the state has obviously shoved down your throat since you were a little kid? The same thing here. How can you believe you're a renegade for thinking that religion is the enemy because everything that you're seeing is telling you that religion is the enemy? Especially that you probably already know that the so-called elites are into some very deep occult stuff, and we always say, oh yes, well, they believe that kind of stuff, but we don't believe it, but we know that they are into it, so they're not exactly uh, Christians at the top, and so you're not fighting against a Christianity, you're fighting against a false flag, generally, of, of being done under the flag of Christianity, but of course that's because they hate Christianity. So, anyway, obviously... Religion, uh, especially the Judeo-Christian religion, is in a huge stumbling block for a world government that intends to become God. Because that's what the new religion is all going to be about. It's going to make the system God, but not in the way that like Alex Jones and stuff is promoting. Not that he's promoting. I mean, he's fighting a system that's very possible, this totalitarian black ski mask situation. But I have a feeling that it's it's not going to be that quite that overt. I think that situation will be conquered more or less, and we will be ruled by the the idea of a utopia in a new religious system. I think that it's a straw man. The 
the coming system which will have a probably like an antichrist put in front of it a, a fake antichrist in order to rule over the domineering system um the one that everybody will recognize as evil will be destroyed and instead a new utopia will be gladly put into place that won't have those same kind of restraints but it will have a new religious dogma and that system that system cannot have Judeo-Christians in that because Judeo-Christian religions will recognize that utopia as a false utopia so they must be dealt with uh, early and often uh, anticipating not this current version of the New World Order but the one that will follow it and Frank has gone into some detail on that in the last Frank and Chris show detailing and I think he's got an article or something coming out where he's looking more into the Mahdi and and what they believe about end times and how that would fit into this system and I think that's what 2012 bringing this quickly back to 2012 and I know I'm rambling and probably not completing any thoughts as per usual but um, I think this is a possible scenario just bear with me here I just want to be on the record and saying stuff, and I've probably already said this before, but possi a possibility is that here in the next, what, four years, we will see a system develop that will be very, very devastating, a very awful uh, beginning of this just uh, totalitarian system uh, in the midst of a lot of war, a lot of hatred. This will, this will be a time of great hatred. They're going to really as they've already started doing, shoving down our throats that everything is the fault of Israel and things like that. They're really going to drive that home during this next uh, few years. And I think it's leading up to 2012. I think that 2012 is going to be a big part of this plan for a lot of different reasons. But here's a possible scenario. What if it gets really, really, really bad all the way up to 2012? And then somewhere thereabouts, something dramatic happens. And, the, and during the time leading up to 2012, a leader develops, a worldwide leader even develops. And it's clearly not going good. And this guy is a bad dude. And maybe it looks good on the surface or whatever at first, but then he really does turn into a bad dude. He's real, And everybody recognizes him as a bad dude. Okay, so what if in the midst of a great deal of war and all this other stuff? So what if, what if around 2012 something dramatic happens, this guy is taken out, um, maybe right at December 21st, 2012 or thereabouts, and then that person claims to be the return of uh, the Christ consciousness, or maybe it'll have a great backstory to do something, maybe it'll claim to be Jesus himself or whatever, but... It doesn't really matter. Maybe it has something to do with aliens or something like that. I'm not sure. But it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, happens around then that introduces this idea of a new utopia. All the 2012 people are validated. Here we go. This is it. This is 2012. The minds we're talking about. We're going to have a new evolution, blah, blah, blah. Especially if there are some kind of like extra dimensional or extra quote-unquote terrestrial beings involved, which I believe are probably are demons in disguise uh, for the most part. Uh, possibly angels or some kind of variation of that, um, but the fallen angels. Um, so maybe if those entities were telling us, yes, oh yeah, this is the new evolution, you guys are going to become a lot like us now, la 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 la, you know, World Federation of Planets and all this stuff, we're just, you know, we're getting rid of our money and the systems and the whole things, religion especially, oh my gosh, because see, then it'll be like, the aliens and everybody else are going to be able to say, look, we're here. This proves that this whole Judeo-Christian religion, all your Christians supporting the Jews and the Jews fighting the Muslims and the Muslims hating Jews, that's totally unnecessary, guys. It's all fake. Don't you understand? But see, the Judeo-Christian religions are going to be like, uh, uh, this is fake. You guys are fake. This whole thing is fake. And so they will instantly become the people that are... Now, here we are in the New Age, but... These guys, they're still, they don't, they're not having a good time getting, getting with the new uh, vibration, and they're not going to really be good evolutionary, evolutionary candidates to be more like us. So then they become the enemy at that point. You see how that works? Then all of a sudden, everybody will be united in their hatred against Christians and Jews. They were the problems for this whole war. They were the, they were the the biggest problems this whole time and now that we all know that that they're wrong we have 
ultimately justified in eliminating them from the face of the planet in this new utopia, which you're just going to get re-educated and everything's, you know, going to be great. So, but here's the gig. What if that guy who's presented himself as the Christ consciousness or the reincarnation of Christ and Buddha and, you know, Krishna and all these things and the Mahdi and all religions and all religions, what if then, um, as it is in, in, what if he is not, he acted like he destroyed the Antichrist. That's going to confuse people. What if he is the Antichrist? And what if the tribulation period won't, will start 62 months after 2012? And what if Mark Blitz has something going on here with the 2015 situation? What if three and a half years after 2012, you start to see, you know, the the blood moons or whatever he's going on? Now, I'm not fully endorsing exactly what he's saying there. I think it's an interesting thing how the eclipses all do fall on the Jewish holidays and stuff like that and the lunar and solar eclipses. And that's, that's tremendous stuff. And I do think that there's a connection there. And that it does seem to be something going on with 2015 in that regard. But I'm not fully endorsing it. I think there could be any variation of it or whatever. But so that would that would be very compelling to me, though. If again, Satan had to push back the whole thing. He had to say, uh, "Okay." So, it, especially if Satan knew the general con, the general time frame. Um, I don't think he. I don't think anybody knows the day or the hour. Even in Mark Blitz's idea of the blood moons and stuff, you know, doesn't tell you what the day or the hour would be of the actual return. But then again, he he makes he makes us some interesting connections about what that would even mean. So I again, I'm not fully endorsing it. I, I tend to think that he's on to something. But uh, again, that's Mark Blitz. If you wanted to check it out, but. So that's a very possible scenario. I think. I think that maybe the reason why 2012 is such a big deal to them and so anyway I guess that started for me saying I would been starting editing Wikipedia and now I'm 20 some odd minutes into the show so anyway uh, next thing on the list here uh, is well let's see DVDs been handing out a lot more DVDs I've probably handed out I don't know like 500 DVDs or something like that by now and I really like it. And I like the new video track, and I like the the brand new one is, I think, really helpful. And I have no idea if they're working or not. I have a good feeling that they are. But I'm really hoping for just a great uh, re- a revival in this uh, city, and I've been praying a lot for it and stuff like that. Also looking for a new job. I think I just kind of gave somebody a resume today at a local printing company. I just had a prompting to go ask this particular printing company if they needed any help, and I was didn't really present my case very well or whatever, but I uh, hope that works out. They're also really close, so I can ride my bike, which is good because I don't have a car. But um, I think that would work out. But also, just staying busy and and a lot of the stuff here with the shows and with the videos and things like that. Revelations Radio Network. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the current situation going on in Israel with Hamas and and the way the media is portraying that, as well as a conspiracy theory about the Khazars and how they are, according to researchers, uh, the predecessors of the Ashkenazi Jews, and therefore all the Jews aren't really actually Jews, or a majority of them aren't. I'll show you what the problems with that theory are, and why it's important to recognize that there are problems with it, because it does have a particular goal, even though it's not immediately obvious. So, we'll look at that on the other side. Stay with us. You have regard, and also realizing that even though, even if you believe that you're following the way, the, the only way, that there are other people in the world who That's don't right. agree yeah. with you. And yeah, great, great question. And uh, of course, when you examine the, Christ- the historic baggage of Christendom, it's not been a very good record either. Anytime religion is politicized, it's in danger of extinction. And I think that's really what happened in Europe. When you have to pay taxes to support the church, you can be sure it is going to tax your intellect as well. And ultimately, you will want to overthrow the whole yoke. When the French Revolution came and the lid was thrown off, they threw the church off and it has never recovered. The, I think this is part of the problem in some uh, Eastern religions. It's the politicization of religion that then man, that tells you what time to wake up and what time to pray, that tells you uh, what you can eat, what you can't eat, and all of this that goes on. However noble they may think it is, here's what I want to say, that 
Anytime you politicize religion, you will also politicize morality and you will get one of the most immoral cultures at the end of the day. You can't politicize these things. There are points at which lines need to be drawn and those are the essentials of, the, of, of life and the sanctity of life and so on. But in terms of the particulars of your day-to-day -day choices, here's what I believe it takes. It takes the freedom in the academy to present the perspective of a major world religion and to do it legitimately and let the free market decide what it is that individuals then choose to have allegiance to. You see, what happens is when you go into a setting in the academy where they make a caricature of the Christian faith and then debunk it, they create straw people in the process and destroy it and then don't give you a chance to even defend it. I had a student from the University of Toronto, a doctoral student phoned me one day and he was in tears. He said, the professor walked into class today and said his opening line was, my goal in this course is to knock God out of you. If you don't like that, you can step out of this class and I'll give you a pass. But I'm going to knock God out of you. Now, what sort of a professor is that? That's cloning yourself. It, it demands of an honest intellect. You know, I go into, uh, I'm a Christian, but I'm given the courtesy even in Islamic countries. I am in some of the most dangerous situations globally, and I will be in several of them this year, where I've stood with bodyguards around me lecturing in these university campuses. And I firmly believe that if they give me the privilege of presenting a defense of the Christian faith, I should be willing to take it. Why is it we block it out out here? When the seminaries and the main, the main universities were evangelical, liberal professors were brought in. Now when liberal professors get in control, the evangelicals are blocked out. But you know, there's a change coming. There's more and more of a change coming. I have seen in some universities the willingness to bring in faculty members and actually have cordial discussions around the table. The fact of the matter is, I lecture at Oxford regularly and when I have a discussion with faculty members now, you'll get even Nobel laureates sitting in front of you in a cordial way, challenging you or interacting with you. And I'm all for that. So do we legislate from above a monopoly of one religion? No. But do we frame our culture within one worldview and the religion that influenced it? Yes. All men are created equal with unalienable rights. How does naturalism give you that? Naturalism doesn't give you unalienable rights or created equal. Nietzsche said equality is a herd mentality. We must know that in a pluralistic culture, the freedom to believe and disbelieve must be made there. But what is happening is a monopoly of those who do not give you the freedom to express your belief. And that's where I think we need to change. If we change in arenas like this, it's wonderful to see a crowd like this out in a university like this giving me the graciousness of speaking here. And that the more we do this, students will know what is true and follow it. And I believe then it changes from the inside up. Russ Dizdar explains his ministry, Shatter the Darkness. Almost 20 years now, we've been just kind of uh, just trying to help people, minister to people, share with people, coming out of uh, cults, uh, you know, just mind control, the occult, left-hand path stuff. Um, and then we ran into the uh, real underground uh, that's been going on for a long time. And uh, so it has, it has a lot to do with deliverance and dealing with the dark side and and power encounters and uh, you know it has uh, confronting perpetrators of violence on children and uh, ritual abuse um, it deals with healing the, the hearts of the victims and uh, you know keeping our guard and, and trying to do what we can to expose it stop some of it you can visit Russ Dizdar's website at shatterthedarkness.net where you'll find hours of free mp3s and podcasts as well as courses for your church or your ministry to begin to learn how to deal with encounters of this nature in a biblical way. Shatterthedarkness.net Revelations Radio Network Many hosts One message of salvation Revelationsradionetwork.com 
All right, during the break there, I played some Ravi Zacharias. He's a very interesting guy. If you've never heard of his stuff before, he's got a lot of audio online. You can go to R-Z-I-M, I believe is the name of his website, R-Z-I-M.com, and it stands for Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. And then I played a clip from Russ Dizdar. Russ Dizdar has his new book out, The Black Awakening, and I think that is available now for orders. I'm not sure about that. It, it, it's pre-orders, at least, I think. Uh, you can go to theblackawakening.com there and see more info about that. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Israel-Hamas situation and all the media stuff that's going on with that. I don't really know a whole lot about the nuts and bolts and troop movements and things like that, so this is really not from that perspective as much as it is just a general idea. I had the uh, misfortune of watching the, the news channels all day yesterday. And it became obvious that they've really got the green light to shove this down everybody's throats. And they've really been trying hard on the Internet for a, a while, ever since it started. But it de definitely seems like they are, they've got the green light to make sure this is on the tip of everybody's lips. And I don't think that it's going to stop anytime soon. It's weird how they can do that with a particular news story. If they want to do it with Blagovich or, you know, the Kennedy running for senatorial office, they can choose any story, non-story. It could be like, you know, something ridiculously stupid and as long as they over report it they will make john and jane six-pack have to form an opinion about it it's like you know i don't think i like that blagovich or you know i mean people just have to discuss it because then the radio picks up on it and everybody's got an opinion on it just because it's a talking point it's an issue and it's only an issue because they didn't stop reporting on it and this obviously is, is the issue either way you look at it but i think that it, uh especially it's really weird and this i think proves a lot of points about uh about the anti-Semitism in the media and things like that. Because, for example, Fox News is probably the biggest uh, warmongering um, news agency, like they all are to, to a large degree. But it's definitely, like, always had the position of, you know, you, any good, the only good terrorist is a dead terrorist. And, you know, it's like, we killed... You know, uh, 300 terrorists in the, but they weren't actually terrorists. It was just a wedding, and it was a mistake. Oh well, you know, it could have been terrorists. So you got to get those terrorists before, uh, got to go to them before they come to us. And you know, I mean, how many quote terrorists have we killed in Fox News? Like been waving American flags while we do it, and then, and we don't even aren't apparently even that discriminate to hear other people, other countries, and stuff talk about it. I mean we're not exactly making sure they're terrorists by any stretch. And Fox News has been condoning that all, all along. And here in Israel, they actually have a, a, they're getting indiscriminate rockets lobbed at them, you know, off and on for years and years and years. The Egyptian ceasefire just ended. And the, the day that it ended, of course, there come the rockets again. And so they literally are being very tactful. They put out, you know, all these flyers and stuff. I mean, but that's not a really important. I don't want to really talk politics about who's good or bad here. I just want to talk um, really quickly the the doublespeak that's going on with the news news agencies because they are literally taking out people with rockets in their hands and strategic targets. And I'm not defending the Israel government by any means. I'm sure that there's some nasty business going on there too. And probably some of the stuff that's being charged is true as well. But just generally speaking, this is what's going on by all accounts. Even the news stories that are reporting the things that they're reporting are reporting that this is happening, that, you know, they're not killing babies. They're not making refugees out of anybody else except for people with rockets in their hands and then you have everybody in the world, because of the way, only because of the way it's being reported here in America, are ready to totally, uh, you know, declare Israel the worst human rights violators in the history of the world, because they're they're targeting actual terrorists that are doing this. Now, you can go to Fox News at any given time, and I've been collecting uh, Fox News headlines for a long time now, and I think I'm going to make a little uh, website of that uh, for this episode, and I'll put it in the show notes of just front pages of foxnews.com that are very, very inflammatory. Of course, Fox News always presents it as like, we're pro-Israel, that's right. Not Nazis here. Why would we be Nazis? <laughs> oh, no, we're pro-Israel. But then they have every day, you know, the, the most inflammatory possible pictures, front page, all day, and I've been collecting them just to be able to prove this point at some point. But anyway, today I'm looking at the headline right now, Israel ignores the truce as the battle rages on. And they keep, they've done that particular kind of thing at least uh, once since, uh, you know, the last week that Israel completely ignores any any 
chants a ceasefire and destroys Gaza, and then they'll have another one. So I'll I'll show these like. Israel splits Gaza, Israel destroys Gaza, leaves desolation in its path, and all these things, when it's like, I mean, that is so clear what you're supposed to draw from that conclusion. You're like, you know, I don't think that that's right. They should go in there and make all those refugees. And there's not refugees. If they killed babies, I guarantee you that would be the front page of every news, store, news outlet in the on the world. Israel troop kills babies indiscriminately but they can't do that yet because right now they're being too cautious just to kill terrorists so right now it's just a little bit unpolitically correct it doesn't quite fit in with the whole paradigm with fox news is supposed to be you know the big warmonger let's go kill terrorists wherever they are to right now it's not quite okay for them to say you know defend terrorists and send you know rescue packages to terrorist families because right now it doesn't quite fit their paradigm but as soon as they have an opportunity they'll do that so Anyway, obviously, this this kind of thing just just really uh, is is I, I can see where it's going, and it's not going in, in a great place. But besides the point, what I actually would like to talk about is a conspiracy theory that's been going around for a long time. And honestly, I've looked into it just a, only a little bit, but I've never really done any kind of depth in depth treatment on it. So I'd like to do that right now because I think it's it's a really important part of understanding a particular type of deception that can and probably will be used here in the future. Okay, so let me lay out the basic idea of this theory and we'll see, we'll just go from there. This is actually started by a guy named Arthur Kostler who wrote a book called The Thirteenth Tribe. And it's actually, he's a pretty recent guy. I mean, it's definitely this century. I think he died in the 70s or 80s. He committed suicide with his wife. It's a kind of a weird story. We'll look at that here in a second. But um, Okay, so the, the theory is that, well, first of all, let me say this. There is a group of Jews called Ashkenazi Jews, and that just means German Jews. It's unfortunate that it has Nazi at the end of Ashkenazi, but Ashkenazi Jews just means essentially German Jews. During the when the Jewish people were dispersed throughout all the nations, all these thousands and thousands of years, without any anywhere uh, that they, you know, without Israel before the Israel uh, mandate, the British mandate, and all that stuff, they they were everywhere. But one of the some of the major places they were uh, were in Germany, and then there was a lot of them in Spain too, and that that is kind of referred to as Sephardic Jews, or um, which basically means Spain. Um, Sephardi or something, I th I'm probably getting those pronounced wrong, but 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 a lot of Jewish people were in Germany, and a lot of Jewish people were also in Spain and things like that. Just just happened to be where they had collected after, you know, all these years. Uh, just large communities of Jewish people. And so Kostler's theory is that that, that community in Germany the Ashkenazi Jews were the descendants of their uh, supposed, according to him, predecessors, which were from the Khazar tribe, the Khazar tribe being north of the Caucasus Mountains, and he is saying, and basically in modern Turkey or somewhere thereabouts, and so he's saying that basically all of them, the Khazars, converted to Judaism and then migrated to um, Germany, and they are not real Jews, but they are converts to Judaism. And this, of course, assumes some huge leaps of logic that are not and even attempted to be cleared up, including the uh, Svartic Jews, which, you know, come from Spain. That's not even really addressed, but that's really not the point. The issue is um, pointing out, which he does, that the leaders of the Khazar tribe did convert to Judaism. But there's no evidence that the people did. In fact, they seem to be mostly Muslim or Christian. And even then, when they were finally conquered, and the reason why they would have to migrate in the first place was, uh, you know, conquered and most people converted to um, Orthodox Catholicism, Russian Orthodox. So, but even then, it doesn't take into account all the actual Jews that would have migrated to the Khazar tribe. And it doesn't take into account the that migra migratory people that wouldn't have migrated to um, us to the German section of of uh, of the Jewish communities in Germany that you know 
descendants of Abraham wouldn't have migrated to that area, which they obviously would be drawn to, a huge community of Jewish people. That's just totally saying none of that happened. There wasn't any migration of actual Jewish people to there. Everybody that was in the country must have converted to Judaism, although there's no evidence of that. And that um, once they got there to the Ashkenazi kingdom, really nobody was let in except for the fake Jews. And, you know, that's one thing. And because there's holes in the in the story, it's really padded with this idea that um, of the the physical characteristics saying, well, here is the, all the proof that you need. And that is that the Turkish people and their noses look similar to the noses of Jewish people. And that seals the deal. And really, I know this sounds like, Chris, come on, there's got to be more to this theory. But there's not. This this is what Arthur Kohlsler, nobody really attempts to really expand on it that much more. I mean, you just have people like you know Tex Mars and, and people like that talking like they just have done years and years and years of research about this. And so they talk, you know, say something pretty quickly. And then, you know, they get a lot of people to run around saying, oh, you didn't know that the Jews over there, they're not really Jews. They're converts to Judaism. Yeah. You didn't know that? Uh-huh. Yeah, they're not actually Jews. Now... It's one thing to, you know, to believe that if you've really, really looked into this. But I encourage you to really, really look into it. How much further back can you go beyond uh, Andrew Kohlsler? Arthur Kohlsler, rather. And let's take a look at him real quick. And I'm just saying, you know, we'll we'll look into a lot of this stuff. But he is an interesting guy. Um, especially if you've kind of been listening to this show and know what's going on about different kind of spiritual things and things like that. This guy, um, he... He's an interesting guy. Weird political things. He joined the Communist Party. Left seven years later. He was he was in a lot of internment camps, like a, some slave labor weird camps, like in the in Nazi Germany and things like that. He later became anti-communist. He was into a lot of you know interesting things. He had a lot of paranormal experiences. Apparently, like when he was, when he was fourteen, uh, he had mystical experiences. I guess what he calls them, and that he later got really, really, really interested in the paranormal and set up a lot of foundations to study it and things like that. And actually, when he killed himself, he and his wife killed himself together, and they gave their entire state to furthering the study of paranormal research. I, I guess they they didn't uh, look... Um, uh, they didn't want people to know it too much, I guess, while they were alive. But then, it, you know, especially when they gave their entire state to the university. Uh, but he's got some baggage too. They, some uh, some people have definitely in wrote some biographies about him that bring out some stuff that's pretty serious allegations that, it, in fact, the university that he gave all the money to start the paranormal research thing actually took his bust out of the university at a time because of the accusations by these biographers and things about some of his uh, actions and stuff. So I'm not, I guess it sounds like I'm painting the guy in a bad light, but really it is kind of, I am. I mean, anytime that you have uh, a suicide, especially of this kind of suicide, and granted he was a big, he was an advocate of suicide, of, of euthanasia and stuff like that, and he did have Parkinson's disease, and that was apparently the reason he did it. But his wife was healthy, and she committed suicide too uh, with him, is, and so I don't know. But it is, it's just a little strange. Anytime I hear about suicide, I think, you know, the spiritual things there, and he obviously talked a great deal about spiritual, uh, you know, paranormal experiences and things that he'd have with uh, spirits and stuff. So, And regardless of if, if any of that actually influenced his work, his work is definitely being used to fur further anti-Semitism. And there's just no doubt about that. Even though he threw his hands up in the air and said, oh, I wrote it to keep away from doing anti-Semitism because if the Jews aren't really the Jews, then they, then their ideas of they were the ones that killed Christ aren't true because they aren't even Jews. So, But let me walk you down the road here real quick and try to explain how this all works as far as anti-Semitism, why his... Um, why this works and why it is being so widely believed, and I think it's actually intended for Christians. It's it's like it's tricking Christians to be anti-Semitic. Ultimately, this is what this does. So so be careful. This is why Tex Mars, you know, uses it. Anytime you see a, a Christian will be able to do this because of of 
and they'll usually use almost exclusively the line of uh, the seven churches in Revelations when he's saying, you know, uh, you those that say that they are Jews and they and they are not, and then they use the place where Jesus tells the, I believe it's a Pharisee that, um, you know, he says our father is Abraham, and Jesus says, you know, your father is the devil, um, not, and so they they are, use those to show, well, see, see, Jesus hated these guys too, Jesus hated these Jews, these, uh, uh, you know, Ashkenazi Jews. And let me just walk you down the road of how the, Satan has made Christians anti-Semitic and how it's a complete lie. Okay, so it starts with, if you have believed what Arthur Colser said in the 13th tribe, if Tex Mars or Michael Tassarian or whoever it is has convinced you of this, I would first of all encourage you to revisit it and ask yourself, wouldn't there be migrations to um, the German, huge German community of Jewish people from actual Jewish people? Same thing with if there was a huge community of Jewish people in the Khazari tribe, wouldn't there have been actual migrations of them there too, which we have records of that too? And what about the Sephardic connection? And it's not really enough to me to say, hook noses, case closed. So, especially because that is a trait that's found in a lot of different people in a lot of different ways, um, that it's not an actual uh, scholarly reason, especially in the lack of other evidence and the not presenting of total deal breakers. But anyway, if you are in the mind that this is true, let me ask you this. How would you ever tell the difference now? It's not possible. That's the trick. That's That's part one of the trick, is that there's no way, no matter how much you think you know about this, that you could ever tell who is an actual Jew and who isn't. They certainly can't do it, so you certainly wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, ever since the temple was destroyed, those records are gone. Nobody has, nobody knows their lineage anymore, which is a big issue. So, and the Jewish people have tried to compensate by a lot of the stuff, you know, passing it down from generation to generation and things like that. And so there's, there's still... There's still a little bit of, of people knowing, but for the most part, they can't know, and and you certainly won't be able to know. So the default position for you, would you see something happening on TV, especially maybe Fox News is reporting about how evil Jewish people are or something like that, and you turn to the person next to you and say, you know that all those Jewish people that you're seeing aren't really actual Jews, you realize. They are um, the sons of uh, you know, the, the Khazari kingdom and stuff like that. They're not actually the sons of Abraham. And that person asks you, well, who is the sons of Abraham? It's like, oh, well, they're there too. Um, you know, kind of in the middle there somewhere, you know. It's like, is it the way they look? No, no, because remember, Arthur Kostler doesn't even say that. I mean, they're, they're, they would be mixed. You couldn't really tell, so you just kind of have to uh, guess, I guess. But then here's the, here's the problem. The default position is to hate, first off, because they've already given you, uh, Tex Mars and everybody else has said, Jesus hates these people. You know that, right? Jesus said that, uh, you know, they're of the synagogue of Satan, and so it's totally cool to hate these Jews, the Jews that we're seeing on TV. Yes, yes. I mean, it's 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 our Christian duty, in fact, to hate those Jews, because Jesus hated them. And so, and and even though Jesus would have been like, uh, you know, I think he would have been like, I'm not talking, I'm not siding with Arthur Kohler here, and this theory isn't even close to right. And so you don't just get to hate what the Jews uh, because you think Arthur Kohler's theory is right, but that's what's happened. Um, and, of course, most people with this will automatically say, no, no, I'm not being anti-Semitic. I love Jews. I just hate these lousy, stinking convert Jews that aren't real Jews. That's who I hate. And so they've turned people into anti-Semites that would never have been anti-Semites in the first place. It's very clever. Now, let me talk a little bit about what Jesus said, and let me talk about a little bit about who I think these Jews are that aren't Jews, that say they are, and why he said to that Pharisee, your father is... Uh, of the devil. Um, and when he said, well, my father's of Abraham, I think that in that case, it's a matter of the heart. I, I have no idea that that Pharisee really was uh, the father of Abraham because Jesus didn't say, you know, oh, your father's not Abraham. Your father is of um, Bob, uh, Kazar. He didn't question the fact that his father was Abraham. He said, your father is the devil. So the, I think it was a matter of the heart. Either that person was like actually into some dark satan worship or he is just an evil type of guy and i think that that's probably what he was talking about with that guy now in the seven churches when he says uh those that say that they are jews and are not i think that um 
I think that there we have a pretty good picture of what I'm going to call the uh, Sabbatean Jews. And Barry Chamish, who we've interviewed here on Nowhere to Run, talks a lot about that. And I think that this is a connection to the kind of false flag stuff that's going on with the Catholic Church. In the same way that there is this Catholic Church that's not Christian that goes around doing all the bidding of the New World Order with the Christian mask on, there is a counterpart to that that I believe falls into the category of this Frankist uh, Sabbatean connection that goes around the world doing all the bidding of the New World Order with the Jewish mask on. But that doesn't mean that these Sabbateans aren't descended from Abraham, because that's where their lineage started, was falling for a false messiah in 1666 with Shabtad Z. So, yeah, I mean, they, it's like a secular Jew, essentially. But you do all the stuff that he needs to do to set up the New World Order, but just do it with a Jewish mask on, or do it with a Christian mask on. Because that way, you just create animosity for your enemies. And the Sabbateans... Um, believe essentially the opposite of the Torah. They they infiltrate other religions. Their really true religion is an opposite of Torah. Instead of do not kill, they kill. And they instead of having uh, don't have adultery, they have orgies. It's a Satanism. It's a form of Satanism. And I think that that really is what we're going to find at the at the top levels of all this stuff. Is that even at the top levels of the Vatican mask, the top levels of the Sabbatean mask, they are all probably really worshiping satan and so when they say that they are jews and say that those that aren't they're not talking about some half-assed theory of arthur kosler that doesn't stand up to actual scrutiny and only works if you're told it in a blaze of information from tex mars oh you didn't hear didn't hear that jesus hated these jews and blah 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 Kazaria moved them as long as you're not actually looking that up then um you know this is just this is an issue that is really sweeping the uh, situation so and I just wanted to say my piece about it. And I didn't mean to uh, rant on uh, too many issues or whatever, but I've seen so very little information about this out there, so I just wanted to get it all out. So, All right, you can email me at chris at conspiracyclosed.com with your criticisms, and I would be happy to try to address them. And you can go to Revelations Radio Network to uh, get a hold of all the other podcasts and radio shows and all that stuff that's going on. So take it easy, everyone. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.